Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the, I guess that's why they call it the Elton John podcast podcast. Before I get going with the episode proper, I've got a Rocketman giveaway here. Unfortunately, this is only for listeners in the US. I'm working on getting competitions up and running for listeners in other bits of the world. But Rocketman's already out on digital in the US and the DVD and the Blu-ray are coming out really soon, 27th of August. It's not out until the end of September here in the UK. Of course, I am going to end up buying it. I always do end up getting these things. I even got diamonds eventually. And I might have given the film a bit of an equivocal review. I might have sounded a bit angry at times, but I did enjoy big swathes of it. It is entertainment after all. And who doesn't like entertainment? And the Blu-ray comes with 75 minutes of bonus material as well, including more Arabella scenes, a scene entitled Elton in the Gas Oven, and there's extended musical sequences as well. And I'm quite keen to have a look at the whole thing together. And I figured that most of my listeners would be keen to do that as well. Maybe my listeners would be up for watching the film in sing-along mode, which is something that you can do. It sounds good for a laugh, especially if you manage to win this prize pack, because along with the Blu-ray, you'd get a snazzy pair of Elton John spectacles and a silver Rocketman jacket, a Bluetooth karaoke microphone. and That's all delivered in a really tasteful Rocketman tote bag. You could sort of be Elton and you could actually sing Bad Side of the Moon over the Troubadour sequence, for example. How about that? And there's a picture of the prize pack linked in the episode description. So take a look at that. And if you want to enter, you're going to need to answer these three trivia questions about the film. It's all gone a bit radio, hasn't it? Hang on. Here are the three questions. Question one, which LP does Elton sign when he visits his dad's house? Question two is a long one. John Reed's now been depicted twice in recent films by two different actors. But apart from them both playing John Reed, what else have those two actors got in common? I'll accept any valid answer there, but there's one fairly obvious link that I'm currently aware of. And then question three is, could you name two or more songs that Elton somehow played at his audition with Cockney geezer Dick James. So to recap, which LP does Elton sign when he visits his dad's house? That's question one. Question two is the link between the two actors who've recently played John Reed. And then question three is can you name two or more songs that Elton played at his audition with Dick James, you can send your answers to my email address, which is Elton Podcast, or one word, eltonpodcast at gmail.com. Then the winner's going to be drawn at midnight GMT on the 27th, so you've not got long. Um, I'll contact the winner um, to get their details, so you don't need to provide any details in the first place, just answers to the questions. So good luck. Right, on with the episode. Today, I am lucky enough to present to you an interview which I did a little while back with Annette Murray. 
Dee Murray's wife throughout the 70s and 80s. Annette was there beside Dee all the way from the early days when he was in the Mirage in 68 and through the ascendancy of the Elton John band in two separate phases, 1970 to the end of 74 and then again starting in 1980 up until 1984. You'll probably be able to tell if you looked at the order in which I've tackled my topics in the podcast. Dee's a really important figure for me in the Elton John story. I find him to be a a wonderful, underappreciated musician. He managed in the bass lines that he played to be both dependable and completely whimsical and mad in the way he played just had impeccable judgment always the right thing at the right time so let's get straight into it here i am i'm asking annette where she's speaking to me from and i'm using one of the most poorly worded faltering questions you're ever likely to hear where and you're in i'm guessing because everyone seems to be in california is that is that right that's right whereabouts are you in california I'm in West Hollywood. I'm okay. in what used to be the music area. Where did the music go then? Well, it's kind of changed, but I'm close to the Troubadour. I'm sure you've heard about that. Of course I have, yeah. <laughs> and there's there's the Whiskey A Go Go just down the street from here. And um, actually, Elton did a live gig at Tower Records. Mm-hmm. The old Tower Records. I could hear him through the bedroom window. <laughs> so I didn't go. I could hear him. <laughs> That's fine, isn't it? That's close enough. It's not like you haven't heard Elton John live before, though, is it? Absolutely. <laughs> so, so that's where I am. I'm in. It's called West Hollywood. West Hollywood. It does yeah. sound very glamorous. Beverly Hills is where the glamour is. Oh. Beverly Hills, Bel Air. It's up the street a bit. Um, but I'm still in the same house that D and I bought in 1975. And you're still a big fan of D's music, aren't you? Well, of course. Um, I mean, we were together for like so long. Mm. I was with him when he was with the Mirage. That's um, so. That's uh, that's the question I was obviously going to start with. Is well, actually, I was going to go before that. The, the one thing that I have in common with Dee is that I was born, apparently, in the same town as him. I'm from Gillingham in Kent. Really? Yeah. But, <laughs> but I know that he moved away quite young, didn't he? Yes. Um, well, they moved from there to, to um, North London, Barnet. Mm-hmm. And that's where he grew up. Did his dad work on the dockyard or something like that then? I'm just wondering what no, they were doing moving down. No, no, that was Nigel's. That was Nigel's. Oh, what, up in no, Sunderland? his mum and dad, yeah, that was Nigel's dad. Mm. Um, no, these was his mum and dad, they were both uh, school teachers. Okay. His, his dad was teaching woodwork and his mum was teaching needlework. And do you... Did you meet him up in Barnet? When did you meet him? Because this would have been, we're talking 67, 68. I met him, yes. I met him in 67, where everybody meets, in a pub. Whereabouts, down Um, in, like, uh, in in Soho? In in London. Actually, I was uh, visiting some people in Bristol, 
and uh, they were friends with the Mirage. And so they were meeting them. They were giving me a ride, a, a lift back to London. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, they were meeting with the Mirage in a pub in Holland Park. Um, and that's where I first met him. And he sat next to me and so young, and he, you know. <laughs> um, and then we started dating, uh, but he was with the Mirage. With Dave uh, Hines. Saying, he was living with Dave Hines because he had a bit of a falling out with his mum and dad. <laughs> I imagine that they didn't take the idea of him being a musician particularly yeah, well. No, you, Especially they, they're you serious people right. with serious careers and it couldn't have looked very positive Correct. for them. Yes, you got that right. So he moved in with Dave Hines. And Dave Hines and his wife, they had a house in uh, Hertfordshire in Hunsdon. Okay. But I lived in Richmond. So it was really hard for us to get together. I was working in Richmond. What were you doing at the time? I was uh, working in the office. I was a draftswoman. Okay. That's a a serious (laughs) career. Um, so it was hard for us to get together, Mm. but you know, we managed, but it was difficult because it was, nobody had a car. Um, it was buses and, and, and underground and yeah. What were the Mirage like live? I've listened to quite a lot of their music and I imagine probably live, they were quite straightforwardly rock and roll, but they were quite psychedelic at times on record, weren't they? They really loved the Beatles. Mm. Um, so they were like the, that sort of music, Beatles, um, British rock. Yeah. Um, they're doing a lot of cover versions, you know, can't judge a book by its cover, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Can't judge apple by looking at a tree. You can't judge honey by looking at the bee. You can't judge a daughter by looking at the mother. You can't judge a book by looking at the cover. Oh, can't you see? Oh, you misjudge me. I look like a farmer, but I'm a lover. Can't judge a book by looking at the cover. As people, they were so funny. They were all brothers, mm-hmm. except for the lead guitarist and Dee. They were so funny. But they were just, you know, it wasn't really taking off, and they were not making much money. So then uh, when everybody went through Dick James' music, Dick mm-hmm. James' music, that's where all the musicians were gathering, meeting at the time. So then... Uh, when Spencer Davis, Spencer Davis lost Muff Winwood, and Spencer Davis was looking for a new drummer and a new bass player. Yeah. So, because they all knew each other, so he they he asked um, Dee and Dave Hines to join him, and they went for it. And that was the end of the Mirage. Okay, so it was just out one door in the next, as far as Dee was That's concerned. That's right. Yeah, he, it was just that was the end of the band right. for Dave. 
as well. I thought right. it was Nigel that went over on that tour and, and did the record. Well, he did eventually. So first it was Dave Hines. Mm. Um, but Spence would go on tour for months on end. So I think that was one of the reasons why he kept losing band members too. Yeah. Um, so in order to make it more palatable for them, he invited me and uh, Dave Hines' wife, Ron, to fly over to the States for Christmas mm-hmm. that first year. And so we did, and then, and that's where Dee and I got married. That must be 68 then, late 68. Was that, 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 was, right? was, that was January, that was January 69. Yeah, yeah. What sort of a wedding was it? Um, was it, uh, it must have been a fairly small affair with just your entourage there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, was, it was quite unusual. Of course, I didn't have a wedding dress or anything like that. <laughs> and uh, um, so Ron, Dave Hines' wife, she was a hairdresser. So this was in the days of Twiggy. So she looked at me and she looked at my hair and she said, can't do anything with that. <laughs> so she plumped this Twiggy wig on top of me and stuck a few needles in it. And I had these red boots and a black skirt and a black blouse. And that's how I got married. Where did you get married? Which city? Where were you? Well, well, Spence, actually it was Spence's idea because we complained to him that, you know, we lived so far apart. And so we said, why don't you get married? We are off on Friday. (laughs) So we said, okay. So we we were staying in Detroit at the time. Mm -hmm. But um, in the States at that time, you had to do a blood test and all that. And it was taking too long. Um, So we drove over to Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Okay. Because Dee had some relatives there. So that helped. And uh, so we all went. We drove over to Windsor. We just made it to the registry office just before they closed. (laughs) You got there by the skin of your teeth. By the skin of our teeth. Ron, Dave Hines' wife, was maid of honor. (laughs) And um, Spencer Davis was best man. Yeah. And so, and after that, we drove back to Detroit and um, he he had a lot of friends in Detroit and he knew the owner of the Rooster Tail Club. And uh, so they had a little party for us and the Four Tops were rehearsing there at the time. Oh. So they played a few numbers. Yeah. Only problem was these pins in my head were killing me. <laughs> You couldn't. You didn't feel ready to let your own hair down at any point. Oh, no, by that time that would have been bad. <laughs> In this world of ups and downs, my dreams all fall through. Things just don't work out, no matter what I do. Disappointment haunts me through each lonely day. The world around I see in only shades of gray.
I don't do you ever go on the induct page. There's a picture of um, a wedding on the induct page. Is there? Okay, yeah. I, I yeah. might. Uh, if, I might link. Yeah, that if you scroll okay. down, yeah, that's like you see me with this gigantic wig on my head and and D with this kind of blouse thing on, <laughs> but we were happy. <laughs> Why yeah, were you so marrying but, in a hurry, though? Was there was there a reason for it? Did it help you? That's what I, people think. They think that maybe I was pregnant no, or that's, I was not. That's kind of what it sounded like I was saying, but that's not what right. I meant. I mean, no. it, 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 it seemed like you wanted to be legitimate, though. That's right. Because whenever I tried to find somewhere else to live, I would say... I say, okay, if my boyfriend comes to visit. Yeah. And they say, all right, boyfriend. It was the 60s, Neil, you know. Uh, uh. Couldn't have boyfriend visiting. So, yeah. yeah. It's meant to be so the time was... of, lo of, of love and, uh, you know, everyone could do whatever they want. But it was actually quite stuffy mm. still, wasn't it? Yes, it was still quite stuffy, especially in England. Mm. Um, so, can I, so can anyway, I get an idea of life um, with you guys? when you were Say when you were back in the UK... What sort of music were you listening to of an evening? What did what did you come back and listen well, to? What was life like? Well, I was really into Motown and stuff. Yeah. And I would listen to the pirate stations in, in the channel. Mm -hmm. And But Dee was really into British rock. So I had all these records of, you know, Isley Brothers and that. So I and I think you know between the two of us that got him into more black music. <laughs> Baselines, they they're sometimes yeah. incredibly economical, aren't they? You've got yeah. Uh, I, I listen to Motown music as well, and I love Duck Dunn and, yeah. and his playing. It's just unbelievable, right. and and I can hear Dee doing things like that yeah. just by by playing yeah. the bare minimum of what he needs to do. Sometimes he really shows right. you know his skills, but sometimes he he shows restraint as well, doesn't he? And that comes from that kind of music. Yes. Yes, yes. So then he, he really got into that. And uh, like you said, Duck Dunn and James Jameson, mm. Marvin Gaye and Willie Wiggs. But Herbie Flowers was definitely on the top of his favourites. Yeah. Yeah, and Herbie's a much more melodic bassist, yeah. isn't he, in the sort of Paul right. McCartney tradition. Yeah. He's going right. to be trying right. to put a song alongside the song, if you possibly can. Yeah. This is ground control to Major Tom You've really made the grade 
And the papers want to know whose shirt you wear Now it's time to leave the capsule if you dare This is Major Tom to ground control I'm stepping through the door And I'm floating in a most peculiar way And the stars look very different today For here am I sitting in a tin can Yeah, and Dee, right, especially right, in his right. early work with Elton, you can hear he yeah. was really yeah. busy, wasn't he? He was really keeping... But he had to, Neil. Yeah. He had to, because they set out as a trio, mm. and and that was unheard of. Yeah, and with a, with a pian- pianist that was... That had a, well, obviously in the jazz world, that's right. the thing, but not in pop and rock. Yeah, right, right, right. And also... Um, they they went out to promote a, an orchestrated album, mm. and there was only three of them. So, in fact, in the beginning, Dee was saying, I, I, I'm the only one standing. I don't really know what to do with myself here. Should I sit <laughs> down? Should I stand? And he had to fill this big gap yeah. of not having a guitar player. So I think... That's how he became more and more melodic. Yes. He didn't do it by cartwheeling a la uh, Pete Townsend, no. did he? <laughs> no, no, he did not. <laughs> no, he did not. No, he did not. He, he, he was quite a reserved private guy, wasn't he? Oh, yes. He was not a man of many words. And that's... So he, he, he's not... There aren't very many instances where he's spoken. You don't get to hear his voice an awful lot in interview and also no, in, in no. written interviews. So it's lovely to right. have you giving us a picture of what sort of a man he was, because otherwise it's a bit of a, it's you know, he, he stands there with his he, music, which is fair enough, really. But people yeah. like me want to really know what made him tick and or, what he enjoyed and what his life was like. So it's, I'm very thankful well, for talking to me. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> no, he was not a man of many words. Unless you knew him well, then he would open up. But he was very private too. And mind your own business was something that he would say often. Uh, and, and, you know, unless you knew him well. Hmm. Um, yeah. Can you tell um, me about the, the, when the words Elton John first entered your mind and when 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 you first found out about was he still with spencer davis when the elton john gig was suggested at the beginning of 1970 no see after the first tour ended like i said spence would be on the road for months on end Mm -hmm. and then dave hines he couldn't take it anymore he wanted to be home with you know with ron his wife so dave hines quit so then Nigel joined, and um, then they were gone again yeah. for months. And I don't know what happened, 
But when he finally came home, the Spencer Davis group had just broken up again. Because they recorded an album in the midst of that. Did they record that in yes, the States? they did. Or was it in England? Um, they, rec- they recorded it in England. Oh, did they? Yeah. Didn't really go anywhere. No. No, not really. went out again, this time with Nigel, and then it, it was over. So he came home and he was out of a job again. So that was hard. Mm. Um, you had your we income living then on, at, that, at that time? It was, oh, yeah, it was my income. Mm. Um, we were just living in one room in Muswell Hill. Oh, That's wow. all we had. We were, we were poor. We had nothing. Yeah. Um, and then he would just keep going to Dick James because, like I said, it was the meeting place. Everybody was there. And then one day, I mean, he had already recorded demos with yes, Elton. absolutely. Then Red. Yeah, that was Red yeah, before it became Elton. I'm just sitting doing nothing. They already knew each other. And Elton had actually played with the Mirage once at least with Ke- alongside Caleb as well in 68, apparently. You know, you weren't there, were you? No, I'm not aware of that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yes, they did. They played a gig at the Marquis, I think. Yes, that sounds but, right. It was about, about half yeah. an hour. Caleb was telling me about it um, when, I, yes. when I spoke to him. Right, 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 right. Because the... He had written everything down. D would lock everything down. And he had written a diary. And yes, and there one day he, he was playing, he was playing with the Mirage, but Reg then mm. was there too, and he was playing too. Yes, that's true. That's in a diary. Yeah, that's, 
Yeah, he wrote a diary. Everything. Everything was in that diary, even what he had for breakfast. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, I, oh, I'd love to know. You don't, do you have that diary? I have it. I, I, would you have written the names yeah, of songs it. that were played, do you think? Not so much. Just maybe once or twice. That's fascinating. It was mainly I mean, how it great. went. That's great. That, yeah. that, that at least some record was kept. I know Elton kept a diary as well, which looks... Yeah. When you look at the Captain Fantastic scraps book, it looks pretty cursory, the amount of notes that he was taking. Yeah. Certainly wasn't recording yeah. his uh, breakfast and things like that. But that, yeah, that is an <laughs> oh, important yeah. document because this stuff is so poorly documented that we just don't know what right. they did from one day to the next. So that could be really useful. Yeah, that's like that. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They did a lot of demos together. Yes. But you weren't so, aware of Reg, really, until um, until the, the gig uh, happened. Or were you? Sorry, I'm speaking for you there. Um, no, that's okay. He might have meant it, but it didn't mean anything. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. It was just when he came home from Dick James one day and he said, uh, I think I've got a new gig. Uh and why don't you come with me? And so I went with him to Dick James Music, and I met Reg Elton. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually I met his then fiance Linda. That was interesting. Did you? Yeah. In nineteen, so that was when he was talking about doing demos, presumably. That along, was along with Reg, because that can't have been nineteen seventy. No. No, no, no. That was um, must have been the end of '69. I thought that Linda, Linda thing ended in the summer of '68, because that was when their wedding was planned for uh, July yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe you're right. So you might have met maybe her you're before. Right. You but definitely it, it, met her then at, at Dick James. Oh, yeah, I saw her at Dick James. She had a little dog under her arm. Well, yeah, that's apparently the description, isn't it? That's, <laughs> it's quite evocative. Um, so, yeah, I think it, that maybe, must maybe have been Maybe it was in the yeah, autumn. It must have been in the autumn. It must have been maybe autumn. Mm. Yeah. So this was before that so, he ended up with the actual gig. The real gig, you know, when he was part uh, of the Right. Right. Then they started rehearsing. Mm. Did you go along and to any rehearsals? They... No, I was still working. Yeah. And Someone it's a... had to pay the rent. <laughs> he wasn't on a retainer then from those days. Was it all gig based or was he on some sort of a retainer? On spend with Spence? No, they no, they were no, like they, no, no, with Elton, I mean. Oh I see, with Elton. <sighs> right eventually, but not before it. Started. Okay, yeah. yeah. The first gig was in about March 1970. Could be, yeah. Yeah. And Elton was quite dynamic on stage because I think people who'd seen him before had seen a pretty dour, um, yeah. reserved piano playing uh, folkster. Um, and then he started to really come out of his shell quite quickly yeah. on stage. Yeah, right, right, right. It had to be done because there was only three of them. One guy was standing yeah. and the other two were sitting. You know, I was like, huh? So. Yeah, there needed to be some yeah. action on the stage. There needed to be something to look at. Right. Well, I know you ain't old. And I'm told, and I told you. 
like the songs. Oh, yeah. And I mean, and Elton's voice, you know, I Wonderful. think that was it. Yeah, that just did it. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it was very exciting. And then, uh, they, I'm not, I mean, there were some gigs that didn't go over well. It, it wasn't just all fantastic from day one. No. It was a bit nerve-wracking, you know, um, because you never knew. There was just the three of them, and it was unheard of. Every group had a guitar player. Yeah. So I remember uh, going to one where they were on the same bill as Santana. Okay, I yes. Mean, what a bad combination. <laughs> it doesn't sound like the same crowd, does it, potentially? No, and they got food, and it was terrible. <laughs> and then they did that. Also, I didn't go. They went to Paris, and he came back and said, we got food. It was bad. Uh, really? Mm-hmm. Yes, I've heard about mm-hmm. that. They, uh, they, it was in the Jackie co- uh, comic that was written about them after they got famous, uh-huh. and uh, they, they yeah. said that they got uh, vegetables thrown at them or something along those lines. Yeah, he said. Yeah, it was really it was terrible. It was very depressing. Yeah. And I did go on one. I'm not sure what happened. It was some festival. You didn't go to Crumlin, did you? Up in the no, north? No, no, not no. Not that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, no, no, I did not. Um, I did go, no, early days, they played some festival. The Kings were playing Mungo Jerry. Something went wrong. I think Elton had an argument with Dave Davis or something like that. Really? And we drove, yeah, we drove back and nobody said a word. Ooh. The Kinks are, you will have, maybe you ran into them living in Muswell Hill. Did you ever run into them? No, no. But they were, no. I mean, I love the Kinks. I adore the Kinks. I yeah. adore their music, Ray's music. But yeah. they weren't easy guys to get along with, I don't think. Yeah, that's what I heard. That's yeah. what I heard. I was, yeah, I don't know what went down, but. Ooh. So, yeah. So it was stony, stony silence in the van coming back from that one. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> I'd love to find out um, where that was. You don't remember? You, you, you were you in the van? That time. I think we just had a car. Yeah, the car. It was just wonder, the car. Wonder where it was. And then Bob Stacy, Bob Stacy would follow us in the van with the equipment, and we were just in a car, just us. So it, it yeah. was then. It was. It got to the point where it was do or die with Dick and the, uh, and the U.S. trip back in the in the summer and and autumn of 1970. It seems like the pressure was on a little bit by then. Yeah. Well, then they got. Then they they were booked to the Troubadour. Mm. I didn't go on that one. You didn't go because no, D, because D out of was, all of them would have had a bit of experience of life out in the states. So oh, he, yeah. He was probably more well, it was, cool about it than everyone else. It was it was a, a Nigel and D, but I don't think Elton was. No, he'd never I, been I think out. That was Elton's first time. Yeah. yeah, but I didn't I didn't go. Also, we didn't have the money. We were still living in one room. Mm. Um, I was still working on the drawing board, <laughs> and um, also there was tension. You know, I was like. 
how is this going to go over, you know, because they were going to, to promote the Black Album. Mm. But but doing um, it in a very different, in a multicolored way. In a very different way. Yeah. Um, but as you know, it went really well. Yeah, it was that dichotomy that sold everyone in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, it was that, right. That here, right. Oh, everyone yeah. was expecting Randy Newman. And instead, they got right. <laughs> they got something very right. different, didn't they? Yes. Not casting right. aspersions to Randy Newman. I'm sure he's great, but no, 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 no. I no, can't, no. <laughs> can't picture him doing what Elton did back then. No, no. So, and then when they came back from that one, more. Well, even then, you were get, the... you were getting headlines, weren't you? You must have seen there was the yeah, Dylan yeah. Dig Diggs Elton. Headline in yeah. in the uh, Melody Maker. You must have been realizing that something was changing. Yes. Oh yeah. Must oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It was it was exciting, and then uh, when they came back from that one, um, I said, you know what? You know we can't carry on like this either. I come with you, or this is just not going to work. So he asked Elton, and he said, you know could I come on the road with them? And he had, you know, he knew me. So mm. he said, fine. So I went with them. So, so that, that was, was it. That was the, and, the second American trip, like Philadelphia and Cincinnati and all those places. Right. And, and, uh, Fillmore East. Yes. The um, East course. Yeah. 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 And, and even then, then there, there, it was, was a, it was a mixed reception, wasn't it? It wasn't consistently amazing still. No, it wasn't consistently. No. Definitely not, but Fillmore East was great. I, mm. That was that was great. I think they were opening up for Derek and the Dominoes. Oh, were they? I didn't know that. Yeah, it was, that was so cool. That was really great. I remember Bob Dylan came backstage to see us. That was huge. Woo. I can't imagine him being a very outgoing guy. Bob Dylan? Yeah. No, he looked like he was the accountant or something. <laughs> he had boots on and a briefcase. And Did he? he? Bob Dylan. Probably yeah. had loads of lyrics in that like, briefcase, though, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I was like, wow. Contracts. Bob Dylan. Ooh. <laughs> Bob Dylan. Yeah. Bob Dylan was huge. Yeah. Yeah, that must have been amazing. That was amazing. exciting. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure you guys were starting to get a little bit starstruck. And then what happens after you're starstruck? You, you end up getting a bit blasé yeah. about it, I suppose. Well, no, it wasn't. See, it was still very early days. Yeah. And they were playing 
small venues, you know, small clubs. Sometimes um, it was just the four of us. Um, Dee would be driving the station wagon. I would sit in the front and Nigel and Elton in the back. And then Bob Stacy would follow us in the van. And yeah, it was, it, it was exciting. What did you listen um, to in the, in the car, in the station wagon? What sort of music was going on in there? The band, the yeah. Eagles. Yeah. It was great. Sometimes, you know, we had Marvin. Marvin Tobolsky was our tour manager. He would drive. Elton would sit in the front. And the three of us in the back. Sometimes we get lost. <laughs> it's these long drives. It must be the major memory that you have is being on the road, is driving. Because oh, yeah. hours and but hours, it's, isn't it? Yes. But it's exciting. I mean, we, we conquered America. Um, It was definitely those early days are very dear to me. Where was Bernie at this time? You've not mentioned him. Um, Bernie, eventually, um, 71, Hmm. Bernie, uh, more people would join. Bernie and Maxine uh, would have another, you know, second tour manager. More people would come out, you know, David Larkham, as you know. Yeah. And our little group started growing. Okay, so actually in the Um, end of 1970, Bernie wasn't on the road with you guys at at that time then? It was still, we were still breaking ground, you know, we're still, I mean, playing, opening up for somebody or just playing small places. I remember one time, I think Marvin was driving. We drove up, they booked us some place that had a lot of Harley Davidsons outside. And Elton said, not playing that. <laughs> and we just split, we no, left. Are you really? You didn't do that one? No. They've got a very mixed I, uh, re- reputation. Some people say yeah, they're as soft as anything. Can you but, imagine? Yeah, no, not Elton. I can't can see Elton ima- really going down that well. No. So we just left and then Marvin just drove to a phone and made a few phone calls. Because that was before cell phones, you know, this is like early days. Mm, yeah. Did he ever say he was frustrated at this time that he wasn't involved in much of the... He did bits and pieces here and there, but he wasn't in much of the recording sessions in the first couple of albums. Did he ever say anything yeah. about that? Well, he wished he, you know, he would have. Mm. Yeah, he, yeah. 
Yeah, of course, you know. Yeah, he was, yeah. yeah. Uh, he wasn't happy about it, but then eventually, you know, as you know, he was. Yeah, he was. And then, yeah. By the time Honky Chateau came around, and I figure you were there, weren't you, at the at the Chateau, drinking the wine, drinking the lovely oh, wine. Oh, yeah. I was at the Chateau, definitely, yeah. But, what, uh, what, what, yeah. what was the date? I mean, I know I'm skipping forward, but I do. Everyone has this very romantic idea from how it's described: life at the chateau, getting up, breakfast is there, all everyone's together, and Elton is sat at the piano. Oh, it was an organ, wasn't it? I'm not sure, but writing over breakfast, and everyone could hear that. What, what could that have been like? Well, no, it wasn't quite like that. I remember him. I thought it was electric piano. It might have been an organ. Yeah, 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 yeah. and. Um, Everybody would stand around, you know, Davy and, and Dee and Nigel and Gus and everybody. And then because the songs were already, he already had that, you know, uh, the lyrics were there and the melody. And then he would just start playing and calling out the chords, this and that. And then they would like discuss it. And then he would go over it again until they were ready to go into the studio. So... Yeah. I never actually, I never, I didn't spend much time in the actual recording in the in the um, control room there because I didn't want to crowd them out. No, I mean some, but not much. Also, there was always a bit of tension between Gus and Dee. Really? Because Dee had this habit <laughs> of changing the sound. What from his bass? Well, he had the fascination about. Actually, he was a roadie's nightmare. Uh, now they're called stage tech. Yeah. Whenever, whenever everything was set up, he would come on stage and start twiddling with the knobs. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I and can that imagine that would over... frustrating for Gus. Yeah, and that would carry over into this recording studio. So, in fact, Gus gave an interview and and, and mentioned that. Um, that there was there was tension between him and Dee, because he would always go and he, he couldn't help himself. <laughs> he just he just loved twiddling with the knobs. Um, <laughs> I wonder what he was. He, he wasn't his end game wasn't to turn himself up, was it? He's not one of those musicians. No, 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 no. He just yeah, he just liked to adjust it. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he had this thing about. Turning the knobs. When he bought me my first car, it had a cockpit. It wasn't a great car, but it had, there were so many knobs in this car. So he was into, yeah, I can imagine him in later life getting into all sorts of tech. Was he a techie guy? Oh, if he was still alive. He would oh, be, would he? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, be getting into computerized yep. music and things like that. Oh dear, he would be up all night. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Do you have any so, special songs from that sort of era? Say, "Honky Chateau" or "Don't Shoot Me." Is there anything that really touched you at the time? Is there a special song um, for you? Honky, I mean. Those early albums, they, to me, they were all special. They were all a little different, a little mm. special. On stage, the one that would always get me, 
uh, was funeral for a friend going into Love Lies Bleeding. Yes. That was huge. They would open up with that and it was just, oh, your hair would stand on end. Um, and the people would go nuts. Now when I hear when I hear something on the radio and old Elton John song from those days, and I can hear him like, "Oh, there you go, Diesel, give it heft, woohoo!" Because he definitely he stands out, you know. Yeah, yeah, he definitely does. He his yeah. he is so melodic in his playing, isn't he? It's wonderful to yeah. listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you did you end up going to um, Jamaica that uh, yes. trip that didn't go quite to plan? Yes, I went to Jamaica. How was the oh, resort? Because yeah. I mean, that must have just been a lot of enjoying a resort for you. Was it? And do you remember the uh, the resort? The hotel. Well, you see, there was still there was tension between black and white people. Mm. So we couldn't really leave the hotel. Um, I didn't go into the recording studio because that was really tense too. I just got the stories coming back yeah. that it just did not work out. They, um, they attempted Saturday Night's All Right, didn't they? I don't think they did a lot else, but I reckon, no, I, don't know, I don't think they got a workable recording out of anything, did they? No, they did not. Um, no, uh, they tried a, a, a reggae song, Island Girl, I think, or something. Or maybe Jamaican Jerk Off, that was the one from that era. Jamaican Jerk Off, yeah, 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 that did one, they, right. Did they did that one out there? That sounds <laughs> risky. It, it, it couldn't, and Dee couldn't get the, the reggae thing, so they got this reggae player in, and then... He got all upset because the reggae guy said to him, you have to be righteous, man. And then, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I imagine Dee's not, not one of those people. No, that was takes not happy. That. No, he didn't like that too much. Oh, I'm so, amazed yeah. they would even suggest it. Why would they do that? I know. We did meet Keith Richard and Anita Pallenberg. They were there. Oh, yeah, because um, they recorded Goat's Head Soup down there, but I think they used their own equipment, didn't they, the Stones? Yeah, they had a place um, on the island, Ocho Rios. And in fact, we drove... So when it didn't work out, we just made the most of it. Mm. So we all went to Ocho Rios 
we drove across the island and uh, there was a bit of something funny going on. We got stopped by these black guys and they were out for trouble. Mm. And this one guy came up to the car and said something like, white man killed black pig or something, but he had it wrong. What he meant to say was black, uh, no, he said black pig killed white man. I don't know. There, it, it was like, oh, oh, and yeah, I think, the, yeah, it right. Heavy. It was getting heavy. And you guys weren't um, righteous enough for that for that environment. We were clearly. not righteous, man. <laughs> we were not righteous, man. No, that's as scary as anything. So I'm trying to think who was driving. So we just, in the end, we just stepped on it, and it was like, <gasps> whoa, what was that? So. But yeah, no, um, Jamaica. It was nice to see the island. Yeah, very, very uh, in its natural yeah. state. I guess it's more developed now. But back then, it probably oh, would yeah. have been very, very yeah. rural. Basically. Yeah, yeah. But oh my God, when we landed, they came. They greeted us with these shopping bags full of you know what oh yeah <laughs> the green green grass of home it was like whoa yeah i can imagine so there, there was, was definitely was quite an overpowering <laughs> it was an yeah, overpowering there abundance. Was an abund abundance of that yeah was d a smoker <laughs> did he smoke cigarettes d oh yeah 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 he smoked cigarettes and did he yeah. smoke a bit of weed in his time? Oh, yeah, yeah, he liked a bit of that. Oh, definitely, yeah. You went pretty much everywhere with them. From When, yeah. when, when yeah. did you stop touring with the band? Did we, was it up until the point that Dee yeah. and Nigel were sacked? Let go of. Let go of. Yeah. I'm using the word sacked. Yeah. There is no better word for it. It wasn't really, you know... Davey and I talk about it still often. It wasn't really that. It was just, Elton just wanted a change. I mean, at that point, it was mind-blowing because 1974, it could not have been better. Yeah. They were really at the it top was, of their game. They had everything at open the to top, them. Oh, everybody came to see us. Movie stars. Everybody um, and all of a sudden, I mean, it could not have been better. All of a sudden, he said, I want to change the band. And you and Nigel are, no. Yeah, actually, we were in Barbados at the time. Because Dee was a fearless scuba diver. Was he? Not many people know that. He I've done that once. Absolutely. It was horrible. Oh, the, the, the <laughs> sensation of breathing underwater is, I couldn't get my head around it's it. Quite Scary, isn't it? Well, yeah, I went too. Have you tried I, it? You've tried I it. mean, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I I went with him. I can't say I loved it as much as he did. And one time, one time, I ran out of air at fifty-five foot. Ah, <gasps> uh, I thought this is it. Because you, so you I went rise up quickly from fifty-five feet. Oh, well, I swallowed a lot of water on the way up. Yeah. Um. But Dee was fearless. It was like him 
and and the uh, the diving instructor they were like they were humming into the regulator they were in their element mm. so whenever he could we, he would go to Barbados and he would go scuba diving so we were in Barbados and actually we ended up being such good friends with the diving instructor that we stayed at his house so he got called to the phone and he came back and he said I spoke, it's Elton and he said he wants to change the band and Nigel and I are out <sighs> I mean we're in shock did you think that he was being capricious, that this was a one-day thing and that it might be different next week, or did you, was there a real sense that the, he meant it? Well, according to Dee, he... He took his he, word. He meant it. Yeah. yeah, he took his word. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know what he said because he went downstairs to answer the phone. So, I mean, we were just in disbelief. Yeah. I mean, and, to and have all of that and for it to just go... As quickly. See, he, yeah, because he helped to build the house that he lived in, you know, and suddenly mm. that was it. He was no longer wanted. That was hard. Yeah. So, and that was when, it. Elton uh, wasn't actually in Barbados at the time because he did used to go. No, no, no. Elton was he? in London. He was in no, London. this was, yeah, he was in London. This was, so the tour ended, the 74 tour ended before Christmas, end yeah. of November, I think, something like that, right? After Madison Square Garden, mm. that one, we did a bit more and then went home. And then we had a little time off. Nothing was actually planned yeah. for 75. So let's go to Barbados. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. That was it. And then we came home, and then, um, it, then 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 we then our accountant suggested that it would be best if we left and moved to the states for a couple of years. So we packed up and left, and and that's that's when yeah. you bought the house that you're in now. Right. Correct. Yeah. Um, that last tour going back, and I'm going to go back a little bit now, if that's all right. Yeah. That last tour was. Just enormous, wasn't it? That was, yeah. was that. That was the tour when you had Starship, Starship. One and those consecutive nights at Madison Square Garden. Correct. John Lennon and all of the other people that would have been coming along. Like you yeah. were saying, there were there were big Hollywood celebrities everywhere watching yeah. out. And yeah, do you think yeah. it got? Did did it get very? It it must have been a very very. Like I say, after a while, you must have been starting to think, you know, it was you're getting a bit blasé about it that these things are, you know, aren't as incredible as they are. Was it always magical all the way through? No, you're absolutely right because we kept going as well, and it it just sort of grew gradually. Mm -hmm. I often say we were blasé, but no, we did not just sit down every day and go, whoa. <laughs> it, yeah, you're, you wouldn't it, really, would you? Because it's in no, the end, it's your, your normal no. working life. You've been you've it, it, been there for four years right. doing the same thing, so it's just building. Yeah, actually, for me, it was five years. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was just it became normal life, you know, because after meeting all these people, they they were just like us, 
you know, they were they were no different. They were just people like us. Mm. Who did you so, get to meet? Who do you remember meeting during those days? Well, oh dear. Um, when when they had the starship, I didn't always. We were based out of somewhere, and they would fly in and out. So, not to like be there all the time. I would give D some space, mm. and. If he was coming back the same night, I would just stay behind. So unfortunately, I missed a few. I missed Stevie Wonder. Ah, did you? I wasn't there. Yeah, I missed him. Um, but I had met John Lennon before when he was um, he came to visit Caribou, um, Caribou Ranch. Yes. But um, uh what, what, was, what, what was what so was life many. like at the ranch? Did they look after you well up there? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. We all had a, we had different cabins. Apparently, you um, can feel the fact that the air is thin. You get used to it. Do you? Yeah. No, you get used to it. Yeah, we had. Yeah, we had. Everybody had a separate cabin. Our cabin was haunted. Oh, that's a bit unfortunate. It was. That was definitely unfortunate. How um, haunted with, with it. It, it, what sort of what sort of ghost or apparition? What did you have? Um, Bob Stacy was staying with us. We mm. had the upstairs room. Bob Stacy was with us and Clive, and they would say, um, "So we're going to stay behind and clean up. So don't lock up." And we left the doors open, and they would come, and the doors were locked, or you turn off all the lights and they come on by themselves. Um, yeah, you were one time, Oh, there was stuff going on. And because that cabin was built on an old Indian burial ground. Oh, okay. Not good. Not good. Um, Davy said one time he saw a white figure in the, in the, in the field. Um, one time... I was already upstairs in bed, and and they were just, they, I swear they were just having tea. I promise you, they were just having tea. And suddenly, the back door, there was they saw an Indian in full gear standing outside the back door. Oh! And they all saw him. And when they opened the back door, he was gone. One time, I was there by myself. Um, they were all in the recording studio. And I just, you know, I just stayed behind. I was playing some, what was I playing? Albert King. And the back door flew open. There was no wind, nothing, nothing. But the back door flew open with a bang. Pow. Oh. Ah. I said, that's good. I'm going to the recording studio now. <laughs> you got your message. I'm off I go. Uh-huh. My, my, um, my partner, um, they used to live in a house where there, yeah. there was a really small house with a bathroom that was between two bedrooms. So it was like, a, what do oh, they yeah. call that? Like a Jack and Jill door? I don't think that's the expression, but you know what I mean? Like there was, it, yeah, was, yeah, it, yeah. Was, a, it right. was a room that you could only access from one side or the other, but yeah. the doors would be locked and no one would be in there and it would be impossible that the doors could be locked and they would literally uh-huh. have to lock, knock on the door and ask permission for the door to be opened, and then no. it would open. And and my no. partner is a really, really sensible person. 
you know, <laughs> there's no way that I would expect him to make anything up like this. I And so he doesn't yeah. believe in I mean, ghosts, but in the end he just says, it's got to be true because it was there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I heard it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw it for myself. Uh-huh. I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. I've never had experiences like that. We went back um, ooh, a few years later uh, with Robert Appair. Dee was recording with Robert Appair an album for Yvonne Elliman. I don't know that. And he was, yeah, and, and Robert Appair was staying in, in, in Running Bear. He didn't go to bed. He spent, <laughs> he, he spent the nights in the rocking chair downstairs. Uh-uh. He was not going to bed. <laughs> it's unfair the that on. you ended up with the with with the haunted one. It's good that they didn't put Elton in there because none of this stuff oh. would have got written. Oh, can you uh, oh can you imagine? Whoa. Elton shared with they Nigel, what... didn't he, down there? Is that right? Could be, yeah. I've heard that when they were writing Yeah, I think that's possible. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Did you ever come across Brian Wilson at Caribou? Mm, I don't. No, I didn't. I there were stories of him no. there when, when the band yeah. were recording and apparently walking around looking very bedraggled and asking unusual questions, as was his wont in uh, 1974, I think. Yeah, I've heard of it. You've heard I, of it, okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't, but I don't think I was there. Yeah, I think I probably stayed at the hotel or something. But, I, you know, I mean, we were together 24-7, you know. Yeah, so you had so to I, actively I just make decisions to give D space. Yeah, give him, give, give the chap some space, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Did yeah. you ever play any music? Did you did you ever get involved musically? Yeah, yeah, I did. I used to play guitar. Oh, did you? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. So you and Dee would play. Dee played. Oh, you were going to be in a girl group. Yeah, yeah. But you know that's not, that's a very hard thing to do. To like keep four girls together is just not possible. It's just it couldn't be done. There's a no. group called I didn't know about them until fairly recently. The group called Fanny, which had James Newton Howard's oh, wife yeah. in it. They I, they were the yeah. first real girl group, weren't they? I think right, mid seventies. Right, yes. They sound great. Yes. Great tunes yes, as well. Yes. Right. <laughs> Fanny, I remember that. Yeah. You didn't go and see them, did you? Did you see them? No, no, I didn't. No. Who do you remember no. supporting Elton and uh, the band? Who was fun on the road? Uh, well, I mean, of course, it was Kiki. Yeah. Um, and then uh, traveling with uh, Leon Russell and the Shelter people. Yes. They were. Like I said, hoo hoo, they woof, they were wild. Were they? Um, How yeah. wild? Wild in what way? They when we went to Tulsa and they invited us to a party. Yeah. So that Davy was with us. It was Davy, Nigel, Nigel? I often had a girlfriend with him, and then Dee and myself and Elton. Yeah. So we get to this house, and there was an orgy going on in every room. <laughs> and 
We were it's not, like... It's not easy walking in on an already operating audio. Oh. I don't have any direct experience of this, but I can see that it's the sort of thing you might want to be there at the outset for. Mm, that was not really our thing. <laughs> um, so we just sat with Leon Russell for a little while and then we went back to the hotel and said, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> What was that? <laughs> Did you all feel quite square then? Oh yes. Oh, definitely. <laughs> oh, definitely. And I, and I think that's the story is that you know it, it wasn't a wild, debauched thing in the Elton John band. It was quite professional and it was quite uh, grown up and adult, wasn't it? Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, the bass player had his wife with him. The guitar player was a bookworm, and the drummer often had just one girlfriend with him. Yeah. And, well, you know about the piano player, so. <laughs> and I think that there was like a line you didn't cross with Elton. They, they were professionally involved with him, yeah. but they, he, he was quite separate, wasn't he? Yes. Yes, he was. Um, yeah, definitely. It was, yeah, I mean, in, like I said, in the beginning, when we were just, it was just the four of us, we were just this little family. But then in time, we it, the separation started taking place. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when John Reed started traveling with us. And so there was just Davy and Dee and myself and Nigel often, you know, had a girlfriend with him. And then Elton was with you know, whatever, whoever, John yeah. Reed or, yeah. So we kind of missed him. It was a shame. Occasionally we would spend time with him. Yeah. Well, I tell you what was great. We did a tour that I think it was for Davy's first tour um, where we, it was a college tour um, where we hired, they hired a Greyhound bus and we were all on the bus together. Right. Go driving, yeah. And, and it got boring. So then Elton would stand in the front and he would start making up dirty limericks. <laughs> and they got dirtier and dirtier. And then he would crack himself up. <laughs> and it was so funny. He, he was, He's so quick and so... He's really quite, I mean, he, he could have been he's quite poetic. It was hilarious. You can imagine born into a different era and he could have been one of those yeah. uh, slam poets yeah. or he could have been one of those people in, yeah. in an actual rap battle, not like in that advert. Yes. In, but he could actually probably right. could have yeah. held his own, couldn't he? Yes, yes, definitely. I don't know what the bus driver was thinking, but <laughs> it was hilarious. And it would go on and on. And then you'd think, oh, he's done. Oh, no, then he, here comes another verse. <laughs> oh. Was it personal yeah, stuff was directed at the people in the band and, in the, and, and on the bus? The no, no, no. It was just, you know, there is a young man from whatever, and then they got dirty, and then <laughs> he would just, yeah. No, it wasn't really directed at anybody in particular. Okay. Sounds good-natured, that does. It was, yeah, it was funny. Yeah. 
Yeah, the good old days. Yeah, it's sad that it came to an end. And you've heard my yes. episode about uh, where I talked about D at length, haven't you? Yes, 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 yes. And I, and, I, and, I yes, do, I and every now and again, when I mention it, I just get sad and angry at at it. And it's you know, it's not even my place to get sad or angry because yeah. And and I think since then, and I've thought more about Elton's music than ever, obviously because research in this podcast takes an awful lot of work. You yeah. end up thinking an awful lot about Elton over the years at different yeah. times in his career. Yeah. And I I can understand where he's coming from, actually. I, not in terms of, you know, I'm not saying, oh, yeah, I'd do that as well, or I'd do it in the same way. Yeah. But, you know, he always changes and he always yeah. kept things fresh. Yeah. And actually, yeah. that was yeah. a very long period, keeping things broadly the same, wasn't it? Yeah, for him, yes. it's never been replicated. Well, it yeah. has been replicated in right. recent years, yeah. but yeah. not in the right. not in the main bit of his career. Yeah. You know, he never yeah. really stuck with the same act for five years. No, it's true. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But he called him back. Yes. Yeah, they, they, yeah. They called in eight, yeah, in eighty one, I think, in or even nineteen eighty. Yes, no, that's right, nineteen eighty. So it wasn't such a long yeah. break. We, about five years. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then again, and I think the last one was 85. I think he was touring um, up till the end of 84, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Sounds right. about right. Right. Um, yeah, it sounds about right. He must have been and, very pleased then, to be back in at that time, though, oh, when they were doing 21 at 33. He, and, oh, um, he, oh, he was so happy. And then 80, they, um, I went to... My we had a we had a daughter in seventy five. Oh. So Dee Dee, yeah. And uh, so we we flew to New York. We went to the what is it uh, where he had a duck suit on? Oh, um, Central Park. Central Park. You were one yeah. of two hundred and fifty thousand people. Right. Plus. That must have <laughs> yeah, been unreal. But, yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and they made him a cake, welcome back to you. And so, oh, he was so happy. Oh. He was happy. Some huge hits, didn't he, Elton, in '83, '84? Yeah, he was big again. So it must have been like a second chance, another bite at it, which Dee couldn't have been expecting. 
Oh yeah, he was happy. And and he was back with Davey. I mean, Davey and him, they were like brothers. On stage and off stage. Yeah. They was, uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, just to watch them work together on stage was so enjoyable. So thank you very much to Annette for telling us some of her story of her life with Dee and also with the Elton John band. It's a story that desperately needs to be told and it's very sad that Dee, Davey and Nigel weren't a part of the whole Rocketman thing because without their contribution Elton's music would have sounded very different indeed. Put another set of musicians around that electric piano down at the Chateau, working out the songs together. And those songs would have gone in vastly different directions. I can't imagine them being anywhere near as good either. But unfortunately, it's Elton John, not the Elton John band, that's on the record racks. And it was just Elton that ended up being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And we all know that there's space for three musicians by his side up there in immortality and that's the classic band that made the magic happen maybe in time things can be reassessed and d davy and nigel will be given the credit that they're due thank you for listening please remember to subscribe and to rate review whatever using your podcast software of choice thank you to itunes user HJR999, who's just written me a marvellous review over on iTunes. Thanks as well to all of my correspondents who've been emailing in on my email address, which is eltonpodcast at gmail.com. Most recently, Stephen Walsh. And if you're writing in with a response to the competition question, please feel free to drop me a couple of lines letting me know what you like about the show, what you'd like to see me do to change things up what topics you'd like me to, to cover, that kind of thing. You don't have to. You'll still be in the drawer if you don't, but it would be great if you could. Um, and for the competition, I'll be announcing the winner in the next episode. So thanks very much and see you then. <laughs>